Hi, and welcome to the Diamond Chronicles, True Tales of Trade, Trust, and Betrayal, and what I like to refer to as the world's second oldest industry. My name is Colin David Ferguson. I am the global diamond broker. We're coming to you again here from high atop the beautiful Marriott Pinnacle Hotel in downtown Vancouver, British Columbia. I'm here with my lovely assistant, the Diamond Apprentice, we've come to lovingly refer to her as, Ms. Judy Lee. Good evening, Judy. Good afternoon. How are we all doing today? It's the evening, Judy. I know it's hard (laughs) for us over the last two days to tell time. It's been crazy. It's a Saturday evening. I'm spending it with Colin. We're making this podcast. I would be spending my Saturday evenings a little differently if we weren't here. I'm not so sure about that, (laughs) Judy. I, 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 we've worked together for a while now, and I'm not sure the date scene seems to have dried up a little bit for you. (laughs) You know, we're talking about engagement rings this Uh, evening, and I'm concerned that you may never get one. Well, you know what? As are the rest of your family. Okay, (laughs) so. So maybe we can talk about that. If anybody has any emails or or can find Judy a date, please, you know, text or email. If you're, she really is a lovely person, but uh, just gets to be annoying after a while. Yeah. Just, well, let's let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Let's let's move on from that. We're, I think we? we're a little bit punchy. We've been at this for over twenty four. 36 hours now, our podcast, we have technical difficulties that we've managed to now overcome. And I want to talk about that a little bit because our commitment, people are always asking us, you know, what's a global diamond broker? What's the difference between you and a retailer or you and a wholesaler? And the differences are huge. One of the things is, and it's very traditional in the business, is for there to be a real commitment to keeping overheads low. And when we decided to do the podcast, um, we went out and hired this very expensive company to do our podcast. And lo and behold, we found we could do a better job. Well, up until I guess this run, (laughs) we could do a better job ourselves and do Mm -hmm. it for really, given the technology available today in the world, almost for free. So. So we've gone to great effort. It is Saturday evening, and we're sitting here staring at each other, moving into... And and it's an exciting week, I think, Judy. It's engagement ring week. It's buying a diamond engagement ring. And anything we talk about, I think you can apply it to earrings or pendants or any other piece of jewelry there is. Uh, You know, when people go out and buy diamonds and diamond jewelry... It's really important that they get a design that they love, but it's also important to understand that it's not what you pay for. What you pay for is the diamond. So I guess as a bit of an agenda for this evening and podcast number four in the engagement ring business, why don't I take a couple of minutes and uh, tell you a little bit more about the engagement market, tell you a little bit more about us. I always think it's important when people buy diamonds or diamond jewelry to know who they're dealing with. And then let's talk rocks a little bit. You know, specifically the four C's uh, of cut, color, clarity, and carrot, which were developed in 1939. And really, one of the things we'll talk about this evening is the fact that they fall far short of what you really need to know mm-hmm. to make a decision on a diamond. Then we'll talk about four other things that that are important. Then we're going to actually also touch on um, lab-grown 
versus Mind Diamonds today and the absolute controversy there. What's the name of that movie that's coming out? I believe it's called Nothing Lasts Forever. Nothing Lasts Forever. It's a documentary. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've been on the phone with the scientists actually involved in the show. Um, getting information to bring you guys we're going to have one or two of them on the show at some point but let's get started in the engagement ring business and maybe this is a nice segue so the engagement ring business is so much a big part of the diamond jewelry business that martin rapaport who is really one of the diamond gods in the business and has been for for some time said in an interview on that exact same show that if it wasn't for the engagement ring business there would be no diamond business Mm -hmm. and so let's talk a little bit more about that we'll talk about who we are we'll talk rocks and then talk about what our clients want to talk about sounds great so our background in the industry we started off i I always think it's important to know who you're dealing with Mm -hmm. and you know we started off in this industry 40 years ago when i started off at spence diamonds here in vancouver after meeting doug spence somewhere and him having to have me come work for his company and i moved into sales and then they promoted me to management and i ended up opening their stores across the country in those days as far east as Winnipeg, this was, quote-unquote, my Spence experience. But the interesting thing about working in retail was I never really learned about diamonds because that's not really where the business takes place. I really didn't enjoy retail, and, um, and I left the company. And it's interesting because I left the company for a very short time when I received a phone call out of Antwerp, Belgium, for, from... Uncle Eddie Greisbert, mm-hmm. who Uncle Eddie was the, uh, in those days, his family, who's now a fifth generation diamond family wow. out of Antwerp, Uncle Eddie called me and they were looking for what they called a North American distribution manager. In essence, what I did for a living at the age of 26 or 27 was take a briefcase full of diamonds hop on a plane, and I would have 15 or $20 million worth of diamonds in the briefcase, wow. hop on a plane to the East Coast, rent a car, and drive back across North America and sell diamonds to all the wholesalers and all the retailers and all the manufacturers. And this is where I learned about, well, really two things that, that I think are important when anybody owns a diamond, and that's, number one, what real quality is, when it comes to owning a diamond, or even a a piece of diamond jewelry for that matter. And number two, what we could buy and broker them for compared to what they'd sell for in jewelry stores or so-called wholesalers. So then uh, in 1989, Greisbert and Sons was, Uncle Eddie had become sick. I mean, and this guy was a true, true gem in the industry himself. He was a former site dealer, for De Beers, which mm-hmm. is really the highest you can go as a, a, a as an individual in the diamond business, selling the hundred million dollar boxes of um, of rough diamonds. Showed me how to take a piece of rough diamond, cut it, manufacture it, what to look for in terms of quality. Taught me all about colored diamonds. I remember him taking me under the vaults in Antwerp, Belgium in banks where the, they had been bombed by the Germans, if you can imagine, yeah. right? And teaching me the business, Uncle Eddie passed away. They closed down North American operations. 
and I was left not in the diamond business. And it was interesting because I didn't really have any other experience. All I knew was diamonds. And I started a very little company at the time that probably a lot of listeners have heard of called Diamonds Direct. And Diamonds Direct was a company where basically the company started off with me uh, driving around in my little Honda Civic and visiting the safe deposit box at my bank mm -hmm. and picking up diamonds and supplying diamonds to jewelry stores. And really what happened that changed the direction of the company was a friend of mine was getting engaged. And I said to her, like, you know, Cheryl, don't go pay retail. Come mm -hmm. see me and I'll get you an, either a better quality diamond or a bigger diamond at a better price. And, you know, in those days, there used to be this commercial on TV where it was a hair commercial. I can't remember which company exactly, but where they told two friends and they told two friends. And, you know, like with the Global Diamond Broker today, we don't advertise. We don't, advertise. We don't have a budget for mm -hmm. advertising. We don't see people we don't know. Mm -hmm. And every single day the company's growing mm -hmm. from friends telling friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the paradigm I, I talk about a lot with our clients and I'm going to talk about is this is not about buying a diamond. Buying a diamond can be very tricky, very difficult. We're going to make that very simple for, for people. Um, but it's about owning it. You know, when you get a diamond on your finger, you know, an engagement ring, for example, and a woman gets a diamond and goes out and compares with her girlfriend and she will compare you all compare even if it's not your nature one of your girlfriends are going to grab your hand and put your diamond right up against hers and if you have the bright white beautiful diamond which they're rare they're not common you don't mm -hmm. see them all the time most stores don't even sell them mm -hmm. then your boyfriend or your fiance now is the big stud diamond buyer all of a sudden he knows things other guys don't know so you guys out there listening listen carefully because I can tell you this I've been doing this for four decades next year and I talk to a lot of women about their diamonds and their engagement ring and I'll say you know what would be most important to you if you were getting an engagement ring and invariably they all say the same thing that it's beautiful and that it sparkles and you know it's kind of a nebulous thing when you talk about it but everybody knows it when they see it. So Diamonds Direct grew and grew and grew, and I ended up selling that company years ago and, and really went into the internet business and hopped all around. And what I find is I'm happiest doing what I started doing, being the global diamond broker. I've had tremendous opportunities in the industry. I've been a uh, direct distributor or authorized partner for the most famous prestigious diamond mine in the world. Uh, the Argyle Pink Diamond where diamond mine where I would literally go fly to Perth, Australia and purchase millions of dollars worth. We're going to be putting the invoices actually up on the website. Millions of dollars worth of pink diamonds and, and white diamonds out of mostly Antwerp, Belgium, where I had an office for 15 years. And so some exciting things are coming in the podcast. So let's get back to the, the four C's. Let's get back. That's who we are. So cut color clarity and carrot. If a guy goes into a jewelry store, these are the four things. Like I said, there's four other things people need to have a serious look at. We'll talk about those second. And, um, and then, of course, 
Email your questions. Ask your questions. Call me, 604-999-8111, or better to text me. I'm not Make much sure for answering. Make sure you text him. Yeah, right. Um, I know. Um, so, cut, color, clarity, and carrot. Now, here's the important thing to understand. Like we said at the outset, when you buy diamonds and diamond jewelry, what you're paying for is the diamonds. It's really important that someone get a design that they love. Design's really the easy part. With us, in most cases, with design, if you even gave it to her an engagement ring and she didn't love it, we change it free. Doesn't matter, a diamond that's 500 or 5,000 or 50,000 or 500,000 or 5 million, we get them all. Mm -hmm. But they can all fit into the same solitaire engagement ring for between three and $800 worth of metal. What you're paying for is the diamond. Once a diamond goes into a setting, you can no longer grade any aspect of the diamond. Jewelers can tell you, you know, this is kind of shocking stuff. And, you know, this is where I talk about betrayal. Jewelers can tell you anything they want to about the quality of your diamond. They can give you these big, beautiful, written out appraisals saying it's this, that, the other thing. It's important people realize these are not legal documents. They really don't mean anything. Mm -hmm. It is simply a jeweler's opinion or impression of the diamond that they're trying to sell you. Mm -hmm. And this is also in the industry where we get this, you know, oh, it's regular, I don't know, $100,000 and we're selling it 80% off. Just walk through a mall mm -hmm. at Christmas, 80% off for $20,000. I mean, what other industry can you do that in? That's right. Caveat emptor, buyer beware, to, to be able to know what your diamond is, even with the carrot. Let's talk about carrot first, because carrot of the four C's is the only part of the grading system that is completely objective, objective. Mm -hmm. right? So the nice thing about carrot is if you can see your diamond loose, which is critical, you can take it, you can put it on electronic scale like, like Judy and I do every day here. Mm -hmm. And see what it weighs. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. As long as the stone is loose, though. As right? long as the stone right. is out of the setting, okay. right? So you can put it on a scale. You can see what it weighs. It's also a way to identify your diamond. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, and it's completely, with carrots, there's five carrots in a gram. It's funny. I always think about the fact that uh, when my children were born, we did the birth announcements in carrots. So that's just how simple it is. It's also the only things, only thing all gems have in common is they're all weighed in carrots. Mm -hmm. Put on a scale, see what it weighs, no if, ends, or buts about it. When Where does it, the term carrot come from, by the way? You know, it's, it's funny because it used to be 5.2 grams, and the metric carat is five grams, mm -hmm. and each gram's broken down these smaller units of measurement called points. The best way to think of them are like percentage points. Right. 25 is quarter carat, 50 is half carat, and so on. But, oh, maybe you find this interesting, and maybe this is what you're asking me about, is how before they even had electronic scales, where the word carrot comes from is the carob seed. Mm -hmm. So if you eat carob at all, apparently the carob seed is so uniform in nature, when they used to have the balance scales where they put the diamond on one end and the carob seeds on the other to oh, see wow. how many carob. That's so that's where it, where it really came from. Nice thing about it? 
is it's a measurement of weight. Right. It's simple. Mm -hmm. See it. You can look at it. You can see the number. We can do this virtually with our clients. We do it all the time. So um, let's talk about the other three C's because those are more on the subjective side. Well, not more on. That sounds completely. wrong. Moron. <laughs> not <laughs> more on. And it is kind of moronic, really. When right. you think about it, this is 1939. Yeah, super outdated. Right? Like, like this is so long ago. And technology is, I mean, they can't tell the difference between a lab-grown diamond and one that came out of a mine anymore. Mm -hmm. The technology has gotten to that point. I think they could modify the, the four Cs again. But it's this, it, it allows the subjectivity to take advantage and, and do what I say that, that's happening in the industry is it's extortionate pricing. These online retailers and these retailers and these so-called wholesalers. I mean, it's, it's, let's talk about color, right? So let's start with color because it's a vivid example of the subjectivity of the grading system. And mm -hmm. the color scale for diamonds starts at D and goes all the way down to Z. Now, at the top end of the scale, by the way, if you ask people why it starts at D, um, they will say, oh, we don't really know why. I think it's pretty obvious why. Mm -hmm. It's D for diamonds, okay? Mm -hmm. So it starts at D, goes all the way down to Z. At the top end of the scale, the diamonds are transparent. They are absent of color. And, you know, when you distill the essence of a diamond, I can keep this very simple for you. When I was in grade two... Mrs. Keith, I was seven years old, Mrs. Keith, my grade room teacher, walked in one day to teach us about the spectrum. And we all had this experience at one point or another in mm -hmm. school and held a prism up to the light and we saw all the reds and blues and greens and all the spectral colors and all the fire and the scintillation and that bright flash of white light off the table of the, uh, the prism. Well, diamonds work on the exact same principle and I want you to bear that in mind when we talk about diamonds. So the color scale starts at D, goes down to Z. As it goes down, D, E, F, G, H, I, the diamond picks up color, and it's actually the presence of nitrogen in the diamonds, in most cases, that causes them to darken and to turn yellow, ultimately. And not the kind of yellow you want to invest in, but kind of a urine kind of yellow. And this is where I have exception with the industry, because if you go on the Tiffany website right now, not to pick on them, they're one of the greatest jewelers ever, but I believe it's misrepresentation to call those luxury diamonds. I mean, at the end of the day, look, luxury is having the most beautiful. And nowadays, it's like luxury is having the most beautiful at a price that makes sense, mm -hmm. you know, and... and the diamonds we deal in are simply the most beautiful. And so when we look at color, you know, we recommend transparent. We so recommend you, mm -hmm. you live your life with that diamond on your finger like it's a prism, mm -hmm. right? This isn't rocket science. There's nothing magical about this. Light doesn't slow down if there's nothing in the stone. As you get out of the D, E color range, they're, they're the most beautiful. F, G, H, I have, I, I made um, letters for each one, and so I made names for each letter. D, dazzling. E, exceptional. F, fairly fantastic. Not great, especially if you get a low F, there's ranges. G, G, why didn't I get a D? H, 
horrible, I indecent. And you can go onto the Tiffany website right now and a lot of jewelers in the world, there's very few. My favorite jeweler is Harry Winston, who would never sell below an F. I think even better color is, is more important. Um, but um, they're selling these diamonds as luxury products. And I can assure you, in jewelry store shelves, everything sparkles but that's not where you're going to wear your diamonds you're going to wear it at home and at work and out with your girlfriends and this is where a diamond really needs to stand up so judy that's cut no that's, that's color. color that's color and carrot mm -hmm. right and so those two things you can see right there the importance of a seeing the diamond loose mm -hmm. and b the importance of not color in a diamond, Lack of but color. the absence of color. Mm -hmm. And again, this is these are prisms. Mm -hmm. You know, and people ask me all the time how I do it and how I do all this repeat and referral client business. I'll suggest this to you. Owning diamonds, you know, you're making a decision. I tell this to guys all the time that are going to make you look good or bad. A good decision is a diamond where for the rest of your lives together, you know, you will buy houses together. You will buy cars together. You will buy, uh, you know, properties together. You will invest in things together. But that diamond engagement ring will go with you wherever you go forever. Mm -hmm. In all cultures, it's considered representation of the love the two of you share. The emotion is love. The return is beauty. When she gets out there and compares, and she's going to compare, if she has the bright, white, beautiful diamond, then you're the big stud diamond buyer. Here's what I encourage you to do, guys. Tune in next week because you're going to want to hear about clarity, which at the retail level is by far the most talked about aspect of owning a diamond, and cut by far, for reasons that no one else will discuss with you, by far the most embellished and misrepresented component of owning a diamond. And we'll also get into those other four C's. So that's it, Judy. We made it through. It's Saturday night. You can go do your thing now. <laughs> Very great. I, I have no idea what your thing is. You don't is. want to know. You're only 24. <laughs> I only know what it isn't, apparently. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for sharing that. That's uh, It's great knowledge to know and, you know, Stay tuned for next week when we talk a little bit more about the other four C's. Trade, trust, and betrayal. Mm -hmm. Do you feel betrayed? Many of my clients had been. I have one last story. There was a professional hockey player in town, and it's one of my favorite stories, and his name was Marcus Naslin. He will go into the Hockey Hall of Fame. His jersey hangs above the... Uh, the uh, uh, arena here in Vancouver amazing man amazing human being I met Marcus one time he was referred to me by a friend and Marcus came in and um, I made him a piece of jewelry and he came in to pick up the jewelry and he sat down and, and we'd work together and I told him the same thing I have these con candid conversations with people all the time mm -hmm. about it's not about buying it's about owning and literally what, what Marcus did was he looked at this piece of jewelry, he held it in his hands, mm -hmm. he got this angry look on his face, jumped up from the table, we were sitting at, I guess, my desk then, we're mm -hmm. at a table now, but jumped up 
walked out of my office. What? Didn't hear from him for about half an hour. I didn't know if I'd done something wrong. Mm-hmm. He calls me on the phone. He goes, Colin. He had this um, Swedish accent, <laughs> right? And he goes, Colin, I will be back there soon. He walks in. He has every piece of his wife's jewelry with him. He puts it on my desk. He says, look, remake it all. Use your diamonds. Use your goldsmiths because everything notwithstanding, yours is the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen. That's incredible. I still have an email from him where he talked about in the email how he was to his ice what I was to mine. Anyway, that's it for this week, you guys. Tune in next week. We're trying to be as educational and as fair to you as we possibly can. And um, it's fun. Yeah.